0: On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're reviewing director Guy Ritchie's return to his London based gangster film roots with The Gentleman. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett and I'm Carson, and we are reviewing Guy Ritchie's first gangster movie and what I read is about 12 years. Wow. That no? long? Yeah, I felt like oh, that's all gangster movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I feel like when you think Guy Ritchie, you don't really think Aladdin. Uh, I'm not really sure you think of even you know King Arthur or maybe you don't even think of Sherlock Holmes, but uh I think you immediately if you know who he is, go to lockstock snatch um there's even a couple i haven't seen like revolver and rock and roller but i I feel like that's what people associate with guy Ritchie, yeah, okay, so yeah, I did see uh King Arthur and wish I hadn't, <laughs> yeah, I think I was slightly interested, and then you told me that, and I feel like. That's one of those movies that is sort of more in your wheelhouse than mine, and for you to say like, eh, then I was kind of like, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a King Arthur movie with Charlie Hunnam and Carson saying, eh. I'm like, ooh, uh, I it, might stay away. It got, it got weird, and it just wasn't put together very well.
1: Yeah, um, and I was, I was pretty disappointed. Unfortunately, I had, I had some,
0: some hopes for that. Yeah, so, so we're going down a little bit of a Guy Ritchie path here. Did you see Man from Uncle? I feel like I have, but I don't remember really anything of it.
1: Well, Army Hammer and your boy Henry—I know, I know. So I think I—I either started it and had to stop it for some reason, okay. um, or it wasn't memorable. I just
0: don't. I have no recollection of the movie, but I feel like I—I I started into it. Okay. Cause it's it's kind of like Sherlock Holmes in the sense that like you can see a little bit of the guy richiness in there, but it's not like Lockstock and Snatch and some of those other movies. But I, I liked both Sherlock Holmes and the man from Uncle. I just feel like this is Guy Ritchie trying to return to his roots, basically. Oh, I think he did a good job. Yeah. So having said that, let's go. <laughs> American expat Mickey Pearson has built a highly profitable marijuana empire in London. When word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business forever, it triggers plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. We mentioned it's directed by Guy Ritchie, who did Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, The Man from Uncle, Sherlock Holmes, and other stuff such as Aladdin. Cast in this one, Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, Henry Golding, Hugh Grant, and Jeremy Strong. Which, okay, I'm going to come right out and, you know, even though we run a movie podcast, I saw Jeremy strong and he's kind of got like a bald head and his facial stuff kind of looks like Mark strong in a way. And I was like, Hmm, are they related? And no, they're not. Did you know that? Uh, I had to look it up that they're not. Okay. So you had the same
1: thought as me, right? Yeah. I had seen him in, uh, succession. We've been watching that and that's pretty good show. Um, he doesn't look anything like Mark strong in that. And then, uh, and this I didn't even actually I didn't even know his name in that. And then when I saw it on the screen I was like, hmm. Yeah. And I had, I had the question.
0: And it's not. No. And and I I wonder how much that is just based on the fact that he uh has a bald head. <laughs> like what did I I mean, I know some of it's his last name too, but like if it was both of those, if it or if it was neither of those, would I have tried to connect those dots, but at least I'm not the only one that tried to connect those dots.
1: Uh I, it was more last name because he's not bald okay. in
0: succession. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's full head of hair. (laughs) All right. I'm glad we got that settled. (laughs) All right. So what did you think about this? Um, I I have a place that I would like to start, but I know sometimes you like to ask me what I thought overall, and this time I'm asking you what you thought overall. No, I want to start where you have a place where you want to start. Okay. Um, The way that this movie is presented was interesting to me because I didn't like it for the first time. I don't know. I'm just going to pick a time frame, 15, 30 minutes. And specifically I'm meaning that Hugh Grant is not just narrating it, but narrating it inside the movie. And it's always a little bit harder to digest things when you have a character telling you things. It would be like if I just came up to you and started describing um, the events of gentlemen to you, you would be kind of a little bit confused about like whose characters are what, like, it's one thing to watch a movie. It's another thing to be told a movie. And I was really kind of thrown off by that. I'm like, oh, this this scene of Hugh Grant talking to Charlie Hunnam is just going on too long. It's a lot of exposition, even though they're, they're telling or showing me while he's telling. It's just a bit too much. And it kind of tucked me out of things for like the first, I don't know, like I said, 15 or 30 minutes until I finally it, it crossed some kind of threshold at which I realized, okay, they're doing this the whole time. Yeah the the opening
1: scene not the opening scene and and where McConaughey gets shot but mm-hmm. when he shows up, uh, he just word vomits yes immediately, and there's all these analogies. It's almost like he's trying to get into quippy dialogue and uh, everything before we even know what the hell is going on. Yes, and they just start going and I I truly was lost in the first mm-hmm. uh I want to say. I don't think it's a full ten minutes, but I didn't know what what they were even talking about. Right. And part of I don't know if part of that's the accent or part of that that they just started so fast and just dove into background and plot. I'm like I don't. I was like I'll catch up later, you know, and try to figure this out as we go. But I don't know if there's something in that beginning because I didn't catch it because I didn't know what was happening.
0: Right. Okay. So I I wasn't alone in that. I mean, it sounds like I think I had some of the same problems as you where it's just a lot of information at once, but I also just had a problem with like the mechanics of it. You know, it's just somebody, you know, just throwing all of this at you. Um, and it's just not typically how you process a movie you, you watch and you're involved and it was doing that, but also constantly cutting back to Hugh Grant, interjecting some additional information. And there's like a couple of different things going on at once, but Once I, I guess, crossed that line where I realized, all right, this is here to stay. This is the way that we're going. It actually started to work for me at some point. And maybe some of that's just me calming down a little bit. Be like, okay, I see what they're doing now. Or maybe it's I got used to the characters, like you said, or got used to the events and got a little bit more settled. But once I got settled, I actually really liked it. So it it was tough for me to process at first, but it's something that I bought into as the movie went on. Well, I think Hugh Grant slowed down. Because in the intro scene, he's
1: pacing and talking fast and hitting us with stuff that we don't even know what's going on. And then later when they're like at the barbecue, he's, you know, slowed down in his story type thing. And they're sitting, you know, and I think it it was easier to to follow then. But like with him pacing and walking around and, you know, everything's so intense and jumping back and forth. The background stories of, of trying to introduce who McConaughey is and. And and all that it was, uh, I think it was just all rushed. Yeah. Did it work for you as the movie went on though? Oh yes, yeah. Okay. As the movie went on, I, I was fine. I just it just started me off in a weird spot to where I felt like I missed very important things. Okay. And whether they were or not, I don't know. But it was. It felt like I, who is this guy? Who are both these guys? I don't. I don't understand.
0: Okay and it's been a long time since i've watched snatch or lockstock and like i mentioned before i haven't seen like revolver and rock and rolla so i can't really speak to those two but um i remember so i like both lockstock and snatch but i remember the first time i watched both of those it it is disorienting and it it could be a combination of of language um filming style he he definitely does go for Multiple plots, lots of characters, weaving them in and out. So I guess I've always felt a little inundated with stuff when it comes to Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, I always still like them.
1: Yeah, well, I've seen both uh, Rock and Rolla and Revolver, and I didn't really like them. Uh, I guess I think I had a higher expectation coming off of Snatch and uh, Lockstock. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to see them again because it's been 10 years, I feel like, since Mm -hmm. I've seen them. And maybe I have a different appreciation for them, but I don't know if it's a slang that I, I don't get, you know, the, the English slang for, for things that they're using in an analogy about a person, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's like multiple ways of me trying to, trying to catch up and get there. Uh, but especially when it's somebody telling a story versus showing, like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's hard to, for me to keep track of that. Second right. time through, you know, you, you could pick it all up a little bit better because you, you're expecting to, to need to understand that. Right but yeah no i agree i agree so it, it
0: took me out of it at the beginning okay. um, but it definitely brought me back okay good i think um i think the other thing that i found different than what i expected i guess and i'm curious to see if you thought this too is um been a while again since snatch and lock stock but this felt not as um hyper or i guess as um frenetic or kinetic whatever you want to describe i guess lock stock and snatch this seemed very much still guy richie but almost like i don't know maybe a little bit more mature maybe slightly less gimmicky i mean maybe it's he was a little bit more confident in his script or maybe because he got together like an all-star cast he he felt a little bit more confident in the characters and the acting um which was cool it it felt like it felt like old guy richie but maybe just a little bit more confident in what he's doing to the point where I felt like it it slowed down a little bit compared to what I thought, and I I, I appreciated that. I think.
1: No, I agree. I think the the casting goes a long way in this. Yes. Uh, across the board.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like it? It was a little. I don't. I don't want to say slower because I never felt like it was a slow movie. But I guess. I guess by comparison. I guess I remember Snatch and Lockstock being kind of hyper, like you're just all over the place with so much going on and so much talking and constant stuff. And this was in that vein, but just maybe like a half step or two slow enough where it it was a little bit, I I don't know, just a little bit more calm, relatively speaking. And I felt like it allowed me to to enjoy it more. No, I I agree with that. And kind of like like I mentioned
1: earlier, I think it slowed down once uh, Hugh Grant slowed down. Mm -hmm. or at least it was, It slowed down to a point to where I was, I was catching up. So it felt
0: that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you kind of mentioned this, but cast, give me your thoughts on everybody in this movie. Oh, I thought everybody did,
1: did spot on. I thought Charlie Hunnam did, did great. Um, McConaughey. I I loved, um, Hugh Grant. I liked, I thought he did a good job, but, uh, and I think people are going to love him in this, but, I've never seen him in a role like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first opening scene took me a little bit out of Hugh Grant. But later on, I, I loved him. And then, of course, Colin Farrell was awesome.
0: Yeah. Colin <laughs> Farrell stole the show for me. I mean, <laughs> just everything about him from his accent to what he was wearing to the fact that he's like a boxing coach. I mean, just I don't know. That character was just great. And, and that's not to say that the other characters weren't because McConaughey, like you mentioned, was awesome. Hunnam was perfect as a right hand man. Um, even Henry Golding as Dry Eye and uh, Jeffrey Strong or Jeremy Strong, sorry, um, I-, I felt like they nailed casting. Like it was a real, real challenge for me to sit here and think about who I would have recast in this movie because one, I felt like they all fit their roles, and then two, I felt like they all really did a fantastic job in them.
1: No, I agree. I had the same struggle. So I'm anxious it, to see
0: when we get to our questions who you <laughs> who you swap out. Yeah, it, it was a struggle. I, I I I won't spoil it, but I I it was very very hard. I think that um I, I don't think you could have done any better. Honestly, it was it was so good. It was actually hard to pick a favorite because I I liked everybody. I mean, you could pick some of the guys that didn't get enough screen time, maybe like you know Henry Golding didn't get a whole lot and. Um, you know, Michelle Dockery who played the wife, I, I, she didn't get a lot, but I mean that it, what didn't mean that they weren't good in it. It just meant that they had to be on screen less than, than their other counterparts.
1: So I have a question for you.
0: Yeah. How many times
1: did, uh, McConaughey deviate from the original script and add lion <laughs> into what he was saying? Yeah. 'Cause I think he loves saying it. I think he's absolutely fantastic saying that word. Yeah. And I think he added a few extra
0: lions just so he could say lion. <laughs> I think uh I think he probably ad libbed some stuff in there once he really got into the character. It felt like I I would be very interested to know, you know, which came first, the character or McConaughey, right? Like you just wonder if Guy Ritchie was writing this movie and he had this idea for a character and then he knew he wanted McConaughey. So he kind of morphed it from McConaughey. Because I've heard people say online that they thought the opening was, um, you know, a McConaughey beer commercial or that they built, uh, <laughs> that they built a whole movie around uh, his Lincoln commercials, right? Because it just, I, I don't know which came first chicken egg. Did the, did the role come first or did the idea of McConaughey playing the role come first? Because it, it feels just like Peak McConaughey.
1: Yeah, I think the character obviously came first, and then uh, the dialogue probably
0: morphed with McConaughey. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was he was on on his game. At he was no no perfect person, no better person than him for that. So you didn't swap him out. No, I did not swap him out. Teaser, <laughs> teaser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so I'm going to fast forward because like this. This movie, like we mentioned before, is very much Guy Ritchie, right? It's lots of lots of plot lines happening at the same time, going all over the place. Like, It's weird. It's like a big bang when you watch his movies, right? You start at some singular point, and then by the middle of the movie, you've got what feels like eight different threads going on. And, and you're able to follow them all, but you don't really know... How he's gonna bring them back together, um, and I think as the movie goes on, you can start to pick up on things here and there about how you think. And I don't think the movie does anything like crazy at the end necessarily. But did you think that it all came back together? Uh, well, yes, I did. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought they tied it all all together
1: pretty well. The uh, it didn't go as I thought it was gonna go. Mm-hmm. Like, were you
0: trying to guess who shot McConaughey? Uh, yes and no. Like. I guess when he got shot early on in the beginning, I didn't rule out that he actually got shot because it's so early that, and you, you knew that they could tell his story in flashbacks and maybe it ended that way. So I wasn't at one point I thought he died. So I was trying to figure it out, and then like as the movie went, I was like, uh, I think I, I think I kind of know what's going to happen here. Um, so no, I wasn't really trying to guess as much. I, I guess I was more just along for the ride on that.
1: There are there are scenes where. I thought Hunnam shot McConaughey like he was taking over the the lion, you know. And Uh so like when they were talking and he was kind of given some looks and like Hugh Grant figured out what happened. And uh, so obviously we didn't know where in the timeline McConaughey got shot. uh, But it was uh, it was one of those that I thought, okay, Charlie is the, the up and comer. He didn't like going being sent on missions anymore. You know, obviously he likes the high class lifestyle. There's somebody in his freezer, you know, and so it was more of a, okay, I thought maybe Hunnam, they were going to go him knocking off the boss and then taking the reins.
0: Yeah. I actually, one of my questions I had for you was if you thought that, um, Hugh Grant in the end was going to reveal that he had evidence that Hunnam was behind everything. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I thought he was going uh-huh. with it. That's why he was there and blackmailing him. Yes, that's kind of what I thought, too. I thought, especially when he got put in the box and they were still talking to him, and he's like, hey, I have this one last piece of evidence. I was like, okay, he's going to say, I know it's you. But
1: so when he was in the box, did we already know that McConaughey yes, was alive? Yes, that, w-
0: that was pretty late in the movie. That was when he sprung the information that there's the the Russians are involved. Because gotcha. at that point Charlie Hunnam didn't know he he would have known that he killed somebody saving McConaughey, but he didn't know who it was. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I was before that I was on the the Hunnam shot him bandwagon, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I'm glad they didn't. I like
0: the way that it ended up playing out. Yeah. Did you follow what happened? With Coach and McConaughey at the end, it, I I was kind of lost for a second, and I, I had to kind of think about what was going on there with the, uh, what do they call them, the toddlers, how they shot up the car. Yeah, they were trying to kill McConaughey. Yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. Because at first I was like, because he's on the phone, Coach is on the phone with the toddlers, and they're telling him they're going to take care of it. And I was like, wait, how would they know, you know, what to do? And then I was like, well, wait, they're just spraying bullets Don't they know that the odds of them killing McConaughey are like pretty high? And then it took me, I was like, oh, okay. Now I got it. Yeah. They didn't
1: know that he already arranged the deal to where they're safe. Right. And so they were trying to take matters in their own hands. Yes. And he's like, oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. And so it just happened to work out in their favor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay it took me a minute of thinking about that in the movie to to get that because at first I was like that's a terrible idea to try and save somebody by just spraying bullets and then I would, once kind of like common sense took over I was like oh right they they weren't trying to save him they were trying to save him yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I like how it all came together I thought uh really great storytelling I like how like I would never really classify any of these as action movies but there's clearly enough kind of like crime and gangsterness and guns and whatever to and moments of action for it to to kind of feel that way which is always kind of a nice you know addition to a movie so uh, i i had a good time oh yeah it
1: was definitely a fun movie um I, I enjoyed it all the way through um as far as you know wondering who's doing what and just uh enjoying the ride at the same time there wasn't a whole lot of mystery other than who shot mcconaughey um and so you weren't thinking on that level as much as just more of along for the ride, and it was a fun ride. hmm
0: Agreed. Yeah, it's actually one of those where I, I think the more I've thought about it uh, since I've left the movie, the the more I I think that I like it. And it's not that I didn't like it coming out of the movie. I was just trying to gauge how much I liked it. And I definitely felt like it was one of those that when you rewatch it, you'll enjoy it more. And, and I think that's true of all Guy Ritchie movies. I think, like you mentioned before, bet- whether it's the accent or... The plot or the slang or whatever it is, it's is—it's—it's a lot to take in on a first viewing. And I think every Guy Ritchie movie I've liked more the more I've watched it. And I, I don't see this being any different.
1: No, I agree. And that's why I wanted to give Revolver and, uh, and Gerard Butler's movie Ugh. Uh, an, another another chance.
0: Sure. But I did not enjoy them on the first run. Yeah, I, I haven't had my first run with him, so uh, I'll, I'll go back and, and give that a shot. I think I, I do want to revisit like those four movies sometime soon.
1: So, okay. So my, my gripe about this movie was I was waiting for Charlie Hunnam to be a badass. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there were two, uh, kind of three scenes, to where they were going to let him unleash because mm-hmm. they kept building him up as badass yes and it's like okay you're my number one guy you know why you know picked you for a reason you're the best etc and so the first one was him knocking on the door of the crack house mm-hmm. i was like he's gonna do some badass in here like we're gonna see why he's the number one guy and then he brought in two two big guys two enforcers I'm like mm, okay so he didn't really get to do that and then they put their hands on him so I was like, okay, now he's gonna unleash. And then he left. <laughs> and so I was like, like, dang it. You know, yeah. was, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see this. And then he starts chasing the kid. And all of a sudden there's a gang there that pulls out their knives and machetes and stuff. And I was like, All right, here's our Green Street <laughs> hooligans, here's our our time for he's gonna he's gonna be ultimate badass and we're gonna see this go. And uh pulls out the gun and I was like, dang it, you know? Yeah, because they kinda built up this guy. You know, Colin Farrell kind of had a scene where he he got to show his his particular set of skills prior yep. to that, and so I thought that they were going to show how, uh, and they had the the boxing fighting scene. You know, they showed, so I thought this movie it would have fit him fighting all those guys, mm-hmm. um, but we never saw it, and I was I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see wanted to see him do some stuff. Yeah,
0: I think that uh, I I think it just plays into the, his whole angle. I mean, he's got like the Wagyu steak and. You know, Hugh Grant makes several comments to him about that allude to the fact that he's got high class taste and he's civilized, and they they present him in that way. So i I could see why you would want more, but I I think they did a good job of showing that his character like wields his power more through influence and and threats. Like his whole conversation in that uh, crack house room is like has this undertone of like doom about it right like that he could do something if he wanted to uh but he's he's not going to do it unless it's you know a thousand percent necessary and it just bubbles underneath the surface so i could see why you'd want to see it but i also think they did a good job of making you understand like why he wouldn't do that because yeah i felt like they're like makane they showed his
1: background of while he's not a uh that kind of guy. He's more sophisticated now, but they showed his background of him cutting up people with a machete. Yeah. So you kind of figure that Charlie has a similar background mm-hmm. somehow. I mean, you already saw that he had a, a guy in his in his freezer. So, you know, he's not afraid to kill anybody. And so I just felt like even though he, he didn't had, kill that guy, do what? Even, even though, though, he though he didn't. didn't. Yeah. yeah, but but we, but we saw that it was in there and like, OK, he's uh, uh, there's something here. And he's he's grown to be sophisticated, but he still has there's a reason how he earned that spot. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to see it. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. He's got it in him. I've seen Pacific Rim. He can fight. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Green Street Hooligans, Pacific Rim. The guy I have not fight.
0: seen Green Street Hooligans, but I have seen Pacific Rim. You'd like it. I really
1: do think that you'd like it. Okay. Give it a put, shot. P- put that on your watch list. I will do
0: that. I got nothing else. I think, we're, uh, I think I'm running out of things to say. I'm also running out of things to say. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it then. I am Thor, son of Own. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? So what was your rating?
1: Uh, I went pretty high on this one. I okay. really enjoyed it. Um, and as I was trying to nitpick, you know, my nitpicking, it's more what I would do versus what they did. And, but what they did was still pretty good. And I couldn't quite get to a five star, but I was a four and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's, imp- that's impressive. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it's on uh, Hunnam. Uh, the rest of it's McConaughey. And it just clicked for me.
0: Okay i uh i've been doing some soul searching i came out and i was debating i liked it i was debating between a three and a half and a four and i was teetering i I was definitely um if i was going to go three and a half which is what i initially logged on letterbox i was at a three and a half but it was like a very solid three and a half but the more i've thought about it over the last few days and especially as we talk about it I, i think i gotta bump that up to a four it's um i think it's at least a four yeah i mean I, I couldn't go higher than a four it it's a good solid movie that i had a fun time with i don't think it did anything overly exceptional the characters are great the story is great it was a good time but i, I don't think it would go into like that four and a half territory or five for me because it's it didn't do anything exceptional you know it's still guy Ritchie doing his thing which is fine um but yeah it, I, I don't want to badmouth this movie um I'm up to a four. I, I will say I am up to a four. Uh, maybe on repeat viewings, I, I thought I could shift from a three and a half to a four. Now if I'm at a four, maybe on repeat viewings it goes up to a four and a half. I don't know, but yeah, we're, I'll I'll be at a four on that one. So
1: I was trying to compare it to last year's movies. Oh boy! And <laughs> and I was looking kind of like, Knives Out. Uh huh. Is a I think a fair fun type comparison, type movie, and I enjoyed it. A
0: lot more than Knives Out. Yes, I, I would. I think that I can get behind both of those statements. That that is a somewhat fair or adequate comparison, and I would also agree that it is um, better than Knives Out. So sure. So I don't remember what you gave Knives Out. I think I gave it a three and a half. So okay, yeah, so that, four. Yeah, I, I'm okay. not opposed to that. I mean, it is very different. I will say, Knives Out, the Who Done It kind of sure angle and you know guy R- like i mentioned earlier the guy Ritchie movies always have you know that element of crime and gangster and a little bit of violence and all that stuff which is just i think naturally going to be a little bit more fun than like a Who Done It. i don't know i guess i should say it's just naturally more in my wheelhouse than a whodunit right right so i don't disagree with your assessment i think that's that's accurate and that's that's why i uh will be editing my letterboxed uh entry to be four stars
1: nice Yep. I'll take credit for that. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite part? Um, this was tough. You know, in a movie filled with just fun and like I, I didn't really have any scenes I I didn't like. Um I also don't know that it had like a ton of standout scenes necessarily, but I guess I would probably say anything with Colin Farrell. If I had hmm. to pick one though, I would say it's either that first scene where we meet him in the restaurant where he's slapping the knives out of the boy's hands, or there's this one other moment later in the movie that I just thought was funny and subtle, because he talks to Charlie Hunnam the whole time about how he's gonna do three things for him, and then three he's out. and out, yep. yeah. <laughs> but then he does a fourth, and then all he does is just hold up the number four to him, and it's just like this right. funny little moment, like acknowledging that, all right, man, now you've got four from me. I right. thought that was
1: good. No, it was. It was. No words, just shows up, shows the the fingers. Yeah, I exactly. just killed two guys for you, four. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, mine's right around that same time. I went with, uh, McConaughey's pound of flesh talk. Okay. So he's, uh, he's doing the math uh, of everything. And then Mm -hmm. not only that, but, uh, laid hands on my wife and that's
0: going to cost you. Yep. It sucks that we never got to see that. Him cutting a pound of flesh off. Well, you know, not that I want to see that, but you never get to see anything about it. Right. Like. I, I, they I showed a the steak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. That was funny because I did for a split second be like, "That's that's not it, right?" And I was like, "Okay, no, that's a steak." But I mean, that is a pretty funny cut by Guy Ritchie there to do that. Yeah, he he's feeding a pound of flesh to uh, Hugh Grant. Well, and then that made no sense too, either. Right? Like, no. even if that was like, okay, what are the logistics <laughs> here? Because how would that have gotten to Charlie? To and then why is he feeding it to Hugh Grant? I mean, there's all sorts of things wrong with that. But I mean, clearly Guy Ritchie did that for a reason just to, to have a laugh, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I think that, uh, I mean, I didn't need to have a, a seven moment no. you know, to show him cutting, cutting that off. Um, and you know, Jeremy strong doesn't have a lot of access fat.
0: So <laughs> right. that, that'd have been, uh, that'd have been difficult for him to do that. But yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying too, is that, um, like, I guess I didn't know what Jeremy strong's character was going to do, right? Is he willing to pay what was it? $200, $300 million and cut himself? $240 to million and yeah. a pound of flesh. Yes. Or was he going to die? You know, I, I don't. I guess I don't know where that character would have gone. So, I mean, it's fine to leave it open-ended. It's not going to hurt the movie or anything. I guess I just... It would have been cool to kind of see what some sort oh, of resolution if, was to that. If he just... Yeah, he didn't come up with the pound. Right. Well, the guy was going to take the pound from him. But the, I guess the question was, if he didn't transfer the money... Uh it's all for naught anyways. He's gonna he's gonna die of hypothermia.
1: So if that's you, do you uh try to take the pound first? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Before you transfer the money? So I'm, like, I'm not gonna give you the money if I can't do this pound.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, don't you know. Might as, well,
1: might as well keep it in your bank account in your uh, estate.
0: I mean I did think transferring it, <laughs> that first. <laughs> I did think about like where would you where would you go? I don't know enough about anatomy and biology to figure out like where I should be doing that at. Well from Seven, I know I go to Love Handles first, and yeah. I have
1: a little access there than than I did last year, so there's there's, <laughs> there's plenty for me to start cutting away. Yeah, that was my <laughs> first one. Go for the gut. Yeah. Well, careful in the gut. You got to go, go Love Handles. Right. Well, yeah, that's and, what or, I mean. Like the gut or buttocks.
0: <laughs> With the butt. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> and would you let yourself get a little cold first before you, so oh, you get for like a little sure. numbed yeah. up? Yeah, you get numbed up. But you can't you you go too long. St- because he said that you're going to get cold and you won't be able to type. That's true. But
1: the other guy could type for me. That's true. I just cut off my, my pound of flesh. But if I can't <laughs> do the pound, then I know I'm dying. I'm not transferring that money. <laughs> That's my philosophy. Smart. Yes, yes. One right. step ahead of the line. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you would change? Uh, I mentioned it before... Um, I think you're going to have the same, but I'm going to change mine because I think you have the same. I don't I'm think to... we have the same, if
0: that makes no? you want to go back to yours.
1: Well, my original one was the intro scene with uh, Hugh Grant. Okay. Uh, I'll do that a little bit differently, or at least have ease our way into that. Um, but I thought that's where you were going to go, so I switched to uh, have went Charlie be, be a badass in the fighting those guys. Okay. That, that's what I opposed to pulling out the gun. Okay.
0: Yeah, I went with a part we haven't talked about yet. So, um, it's how they frame the editor of the newspaper or tabloids, (laughs) Um, Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. And and so that's the thing. Like, do I have a problem with the scene? No. Did I think it was funny? Sure. I mean, you know, making the guy have sex with a pig and filming it, whatever. My problem is exactly what you said. Maybe not everybody has seen Black Mirror, but. I was just like, okay, that, I mean, I that's guess I episode like, one. Yeah. You, know? I mean, you don't it, even it, have to follow the series. That's episode it, one. Right. And and if you've, I guess if you're somebody who's maybe casually heard of black mirror, my guess is that might be the one thing you've heard of black mirror. Um, because there's just, I mean, it was such an absurd episode, but that's my problem with it is it just felt a little hacky. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, and the fact it doesn't help that Guy Ritchie. This is like a an English movie, right? So in Black Mirror is an English show, and so that's it was just like
1: they, that's just what they do in the UK,
0: right? Which I know this they is frame like, people by sleeping <laughs> with pigs, <laughs> and I know this isn't the first time that even pigs have come up in a, a Guy Ritchie movie. I mean, Bricktop and Snatch, you know, puts dead bodies in his pig farm and they eat it, so. I get it. It's just like it was so on the nose with Black Mirror and the tabloids and releasing footage that I was like, "Uh, okay, it, you you just swipe that. So so a, a different blackmail? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other things you could have come up with more creative. I don't have anything right now. I just, again, my problem isn't like what they had the character do. And I think it actually fits the movie and everything. I just didn't like that it was just such a rip of Black Mirror that's like, okay.
1: I did like the scene after that when uh, Colin Farrell
0: yeah you can't unsee that (laughs) exactly yeah that's what I'm saying they made it work it's all good in the context of the movie I just as someone who's seen Black Mirror and knows that it's just like "Eh, it's too much guy you could have come up with something
1: okay and you're you're swapping it with just something
0: yeah I mean I don't have to come up with a solution that's kind of what we do here (laughs) not in this case which leads me to my next piece that you're not going to like um, in terms of casting change, which okay. I think you've, you've pulled some wild cards on me so far this year, but, uh, you're taking out I, Charlie. No, oh, I got, okay. I got nothing. I'm not, taking nothing? Out, I'm not taking out anybody. I don't see how wow. you could. I don't see how you could. Well, we'll, we'll get to you. So you can start thinking of who you're taking out while I'm doing mine because nothing doesn't count. Uh, nothing is counting so, in this thing. Cause this is, I can guarantee you, this is probably going to end up as the best cast of 2020.
1: So I, I was looking through and truly everybody, I was like, okay, that's, they kind of hit, they hit their, their spot. And obviously McConaughey, Hunnam, and, and Farrell weren't going anywhere. Hugh Grant did well. Um, I liked Jeremy strong. Um, just cause that it probably would have been Jeremy strong if I hadn't known him already from mm-hmm. succession. So I kind of had that connection. Um, I liked uh, Henry Golding and, and Tom Wu. They fit. Um, you start getting into like the, uh, bodyguards, like that's not a meaningful swap. And then, uh, Eddie Marson was, I was trying to, to go with that. But I was like, no, he, he fit that really well mm-hmm. of a, as a skis. And then a the guy I believe would, would do a pig. And then, uh, <laughs> so I ended up coming back to Michelle Dockery. And while I don't think she did a poor job, I've just don't have any connection to her. Right. Um, Apparently she was in nonstop with Liam Neeson's but I don't remember her in that at all and I believe um, she's in Downton Abbey which I yeah, don't watch which I I don't watch that either and right. so I know a lot of people will will like her in this because of that but I didn't have that connection so that's why she gets
0: my my boot I mean I get that I get that I just I I don't like taking out people that I feel like did a good job just because I haven't been exposed to them previously. And I felt like she fit her role perfectly. That's, that's why, I mean, if I would have been forced to pick one, which I know we normally do, that probably would have been who I would have gone with. And for the same reasons that you said, but unlike bad boys for life, where I thought the lady that they cast who I wasn't familiar with just didn't feel right. I feel like she does feel right for this. She does feel right. Um, I think she did do a good job, but I don't think she did as
1: good as the rest. Okay. And so uh that's why she got and we are forced because these are our questions. And that's what the people demand of us.
0: <laughs> I think we need to revisit the last few episodes because I feel like you've you've skirted on a few here and at least I'm willing to put my I've always come with the- someone. It may not be the most impactful people, <laughs> <Sure>. but someone. <laughs> Uh, Which I think is ridiculous. I mean, if you're just going to pick a side character, I mean, why even do it? But I think we everybody can agree to get Michael Bay out of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at least saying nothing and then putting my flag in the ground on January 26th of 2020 and saying that I think this could be the best cast of 2020. I will be surprised if something beats this in terms of every main character being cast well and then performing well in that. So I feel like I should get a little bit of a break for saying nothing if I'm willing to put my neck on the line for that claim. Okay, but if there's a better cast, you have to swap out of this movie. (laughs) Okay,
1: okay. All right. So So, let's
0: hear who you put in. So I took Michelle out and uh, I put in Kate Beckinsale. Okay, I had that same thought when I was thinking of that role. So that's funny. She, She just, she felt right. To me. Well, the girl kind of gives off a Kate vibe. I, I mean, I'm not saying she looks like her, but I, I, there's something there that made me think that too.
1: She's a little closer to McConaughey's age. She's sure. still, even though she's a vampire and hasn't changed how she looks for the past 20 years, she's <laughs> just fantastic, and I love her. And I think she would have done very well at this role, being a menacing counterpart to McConaughey. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. So, and while, and uh, no. No disrespect to to Michelle, but uh, that's that's just saying how good the rest of the cast was. I agree, completely agree.
0: So, what was your word on this? I am going with my favorite Charlie Hunnam performance. I thought you were going to go that way. And I will admit a couple things. You know, um, I have not you've seen not, Green Street Hooligans.
1: Not seen, you've not seen any Charlie Hunnam movies. Well, no.
0: So, but <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing: I haven't seen Green Street Hooligans. I haven't seen Deadfall um i have not i've seen cold mountain but i honestly don't even remember charlie hunnam being in it I haven't um, seen king arthur i haven't seen king Queen god damn it <laughs> haven't seen king arthur and i haven't seen lost city of z or sons of anarchy i have not seen sons of anarchy but that wouldn't so what, what have you seen that charlie hunnam's been in <laughs> well that's kind of the problem pick, pick a right? movie <laughs> I've, I've seen children of men pacific rim crimson peak triple frontier cold mountain So those are the ones I've seen. Uh, I would say, again, the biggest ones I have not seen. I mean, do you even remember Deadfall? Apparently, I'm looking at the cover of it. It's got um, Eric Bana and him. I don't remember Deadfall. Okay. There's, I don't know how you say this. Is it Papillon, Papillon, Papillon? I don't know. Him and Rami Malek, which I don't think you've seen that one either. No. We've both seen Cold Mountain, but I mean, don't even remember him being in that. He's, he's not an integral part. Right. So basically, if we're counting bigger movies of Charlie Hunnam's that I have not seen, I'll, I'll give you Green Street Hooligans, and I'll give you King Arthur. Uh, but I also have not seen Lost City of Z. I don't think you've seen that one either. I have not. Okay. So um, I guess my point is there's not a lot to work with here. I know he's writing a lot on Sons of Anarchy. I know a lot of people like him. But from what I've seen of feature movies, uh, he's got the right looks. I think he can act. I just have not seen something he's been in where i've been like okay wow that's what i would expect from this guy who i feel like could be a top star and this he was great in he was fantastic in this
1: i don't disagree with you um it is his best best role okay uh i thought that was kind of a layup based on his filmography uh yes i think that's fair so i didn't i didn't go with that I want okay. a little bit more edgy. But no, I, I agree with your award. It's by far his best movie. Um, he's a very different character in Green Street Hooligans. Um, he's very good in that. So it, it really anything, those
0: would be the two that you'd compete with. You know, a little bit of tidbit on Green Street Hooligans. Uh, for the longest time, when I would see the cover of that movie, it's him and uh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. And I actually thought that was Ryan Gosling for the longest time. because <laughs> <laughs> I would you didn't watch it immediately? <laughs> no, I know. I would always <laughs> see it in passing. I'm like, oh, it's Elijah Wood and Ryan Gosling. Okay. And then I don't know when, sometime over the last however long, I was like, oh, wait, that's not Ryan Gosling. That's Charlie Hunnam. So. Oh,
1: no, it's a good one. You yeah. should watch it. It's one of my, my wife's favorites. So but we've seen it a few times. Okay. She's obsessed with Charlie Hunnam, by the way.
0: Yeah, I've heard because I, I, I will never forget that after we saw Pacific Rim, you told me that she was obsessed with Charlie Hunnam, and I got that confused with the Charlie. It's a Charlie Day or whatever. Charlie from? Day, <laughs> and I was like, really? Like that's that's she bizarre. Did. I mean, everybody she got does her own thing. love.
1: She does love Charlie Day from Always Sunny.
0: <laughs> she does, but but not in a. Uh, he's on my list, <laughs> right? Uh, I remember you having to clarify for me. Like, no, dude, the, the main guy in Pacific Rim. I was like, oh, okay, because I don't think I knew his name was Charlie at that time. Yeah, no, she loved uh, Sons of Anarchy. That's what that built her love for him. Got you. There's a dude that I work with who, for the longest time, um, has said that he, I remind him of Opie from Sons of Anarchy. And he still says it to this day. And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know.
1: You used to when you were fatter. <laughs> but but fatter. you've... You, you've you've you've
0: trimmed down, so you look a lot less like Opie. I think he said it was mainly the beard, but uh, he did know me when I was when I was fatter too. So it's probably yeah. A bit of at both. the time when you told me that originally, I was like, yeah, I see it, but not not anywhere recently. I have to watch Sons of Anarchy for
1: Charlie Hunnam and my doppelganger. Apparently, yes, Ch- Chunky Garrett. You, you go <laughs> let, pull up some pictures of Chunky Garrett, and that's Opie. All right. So did we? You didn't say your award yet, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. And this might be a little controversial. I don't know. We'll see. I went through, and I feel confident in this answer. But I think this is Matthew McConaughey's most badass role. Ooh. Hmm. Hold on. Uh, keep, t- yeah. keep talking. So, he, so he's got a lot of cool roles, for sure. Right. He's one of the coolest guys on the planet. But this is the first real badass role. Um, I mean, I thought he was a really a badass in like reign of fire when he had bald head and the beard and, but then he died really stupidly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that demoted his badassness when you attack a dragon like that. Um, So I really liked the look there, uh, but I didn't think he was really acted a whole lot like a badass. Uh, But I I truly feel like this, this is him being a bad guy and he wasn't even a bad guy. He was a good guy but he was mm-hmm. a badass and so that's why
0: uh he gets my most badass role ever for mcconaughey okay the only one that jumps to mind after scrolling the filmography that i have not seen in a while and it was a it was a strange movie um in some regards was uh killer joe but i i don't remember a, thinking that he was a badass in that movie.
1: No, and that's a messed up movie. Yeah,
0: it really is. I, I
1: don't I don't recommend people go see Killer Joe. No. Um and I don't think he was a badass. He was just a bad guy.
0: Right. Um, I will say the Dark Tower should have been that role, considering yes. uh yes. he got to play the man in black, but that movie sucks. That so, did not that did not turn out as yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, hey, I think they let
1: him say lion a
0: few times in that. I don't <laughs> think he says it at all in Dark Tower. No, he, that, and that's another one. Just don't see Dark Tower. Don't <laughs> see Dark Tower, and don't see Killer Mike. It's no. fine. Killer Mike. How about Killer Joe? Killer Mike. I'm clearly I am talking about <laughs> Run the Jewels right now. Apparently, for some reason. So, all right. Um, I'll be interested to know what you say on this. Um, so I'm going to let you go first. If you like this movie, you would also like. If you like this movie, you'd also like, even though it's a worse movie,
1: um, I think you would like Layer Cake. Okay. And I always think that's a Guy Ritchie movie. I, I did, too, and I, I didn't want to pick a Guy Ritchie movie. And so uh, I double-checked before I put it on my list that it wasn't him. Uh, okay. But it's also one that, that took me a couple times to watch from the beginning to to get into what the heck is going on. Okay. So it's one of those that they kind of jump in fast and with accents and with slang english slang that mm-hmm. i don't know um that's got james bond and uh it's it feels a lot like this mm-hmm. um this is the gentleman is better uh but i think you would enjoy layer cake
0: yeah okay you know what's interesting to me um a couple things so one i did not know this but as i pulled up his filmography matthew vaughn um produced lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch before directing that, layer cake that feels right right okay And then he's also directed the Kingsman movies, which when I first saw the marketing and the posters and stuff for The Gentleman, I thought it was a Kingsman spinoff because it just feels that way. It could be just rated R. I guess the other ones rated R. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, once you watch them, have different styles to them, and and they're they're not very similar. But I think just the concept of The Kingsman, The Gentleman, I think there's a little bit of the font that they use. They're both English. Like, it it felt... um, you know, I don't know, not mutually exclusive, I guess, is what I would say to that. So that's... Yeah, there's
1: no gadgets or super spies in this one.
0: Right. <laughs> so I actually I actually went with the Guy Ritchie movie. And it's Ooh. because... Well, I know. But it's also <laughs> because, like, we've talked about this before. There's just some directors that have their certain styles where it's almost impossible to recommend anybody else to them. Because, you know, it just feels so much like Snatch and Lockstock that... You just can't get away from it. And I ended up picking Snatch just because I felt like Lockstock is a lot harder to get into. There's some barriers there. Like, I'll be honest, I have to turn on subtitles sometimes to watch Lockstock. Snatch felt like it was slightly more Americanized, which doesn't necessarily make it better or anything like that. It's more of just its digestibility um, is a little bit higher and i think that's where uh I almost said kingsman where the gentleman is at i think uh i think i would draw a closer parallel between snatch and gentleman than i would uh, lockstock and gentleman but um, no, i agree i felt like you had to stay in the guy Ritchie realm i mean i think you found a good one um even though while you're not a guy Ritchie movie that's very very close to a guy Ritchie movie so kudos to you there i have not seen layer cake so i, I could not have recommended that um but uh yeah i would go with snatch
1: yeah, I was. I'm. I'm really trying on these recommendations to do better than sequels, and uh, Guy Ritchie's. These feel like sequels to me because mm-hmm. they're the same. Like a Scorsese movie, recommending another Scorsese movie. You know, I'm trying to trying to do better in 2020 for, <laughs> for for our listeners, so they get like, oh, of course you're gonna say Snatch. You know, I'm trying to reach a little bit outside the box.
0: Right. That's my that's my goal now. Sure. And there's also going to be people that have seen this that maybe have never seen Guy Ritchie movies, um, because they were, you know, 20 years ago, and they just walked into the theater and saw this. So I think it's safe to say that sometimes these guys have certain styles that, um, you know, you can maybe draw some, some outside parallels. But sometimes, you know, if you really liked it, you're going to like Snatch. Now, I I can't say the same for what you mentioned, like Rock and Rolla or Revolver, um, because maybe those just aren't good movies. But Snatch is good. And it's very similar. So but I see. And, your see point. and see Green Street Hooligans just cause. Yeah, why not? But don't see yeah. Killer Joe or Dark Tower. That <laughs> or or, or Killer Mike. <laughs> no, you can listen to Killer Mike. <laughs> listen to Killer Mike while watching Killer Joe. Yeah. Go go download all <laughs> of uh, Run the Jewels and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> all right, well that does it for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? at Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. And you can find me at at 2 Views G-A-R-R-E-T-T. G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at 2 views Movies, or email us at 2 gmail at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify. Basically, wherever you listen, we are there. And if you're on Apple, be sure to leave a review to help spread the word and show everyone that you are a fan of the show. We'll be back next week with um, something, that something. we're not, Something. Again, we're not quite sure about. It could be Netflix. Could be Amazon. Could be top five. Could be retro. I don't know. It'll be a surprise. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, go Chiefs. Super Bowl. Hey, we may do the Super Bowl. Yeah, we, we could may do the Super Bowl. We may just release the audio of the game, like the three and a half hours. We will not get express written consent from the NFL. We will just no. do it. Or we just break down play-by-play. Play. We'll, yeah. we'll be watching it and we'll just talk about it.
1: <laughs> yes, It's going to be a, a three-and-a-half-hour episode, and uh, that's only if we win. Otherwise,
0: it would just be a string of profanities. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. Um, we are going to have to figure that out because uh, I will tell you that if we do not record before the Super Bowl and we lose the Super Bowl, there's no way I'm recording. Oh, right. we got to
1: record like on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'll be shut down for at least a a week and a half. Yeah. Not going to be good. It'll be a dark time here in Kansas City. It will be. Two views is going to go real dark if the Super Bowl does not go. (laughs) I feel sorry for whatever movie that that we review after a (laughs) Super Bowl loss because that is going to get crapped (laughs) on. It could be the Uh, best movie we've ever seen. Yeah. Not in the mood. Nope. It's terrible. It sucks. Yep. Should have casted
0: Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will catch everybody next time. What should we do next?
1: Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.